0: Hi and welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host life coach Emma Wilson and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck and be more confident in your 30s. Today's episode is another in my special series of interviewing guests who have given up the nine to five safe, secure career and have traded it in for something more free, more autonomous and to run their own businesses and today's guest is a very dear friend of mine who I met nearly two years ago now on an adventure in Costa Rica and I have to tell you that the moment that she shared her story with me, her story of her 20s and early 30s, I knew that one day when the time was right and she was ready to share what has happened to her publicly, that I was going to be the outlet for it and that she was going to come on and be a podcast guest for the Turning 30 podcast. So I'm so honoured that she has done this interview with me and that we have had the chance to really share her story and to talk about it. And if we can just inspire one person who's life plan takes a little bit of a U-turn, then our work here is done. And I know that so many of you, not just one of you is going to really appreciate and be uplifted and inspired by Yelena's story. So let me introduce Yelena to you. Yelena is a recovering Londoner and ex-corporate world citizen. When living in London in her twenties, she unknowingly lived the life of ticking boxes. By the age of 28, She was in a six-year serious relationship, engaged to be married, building a successful career in finance, and had bought a house in London with her partner. However, in one moment, everything changed. And I'm actually not going to read the next part of her bio that she sent me because I want you to all hear the story in her own words during our interview. Then Yelena unexpectedly set out on a new path. And only when she let go of the need to follow certain shoulds and to try to impress others, she allowed herself to follow what feels good. Her life started to shift and change for the better. She quit her corporate job to start consulting financial technology companies flexibly and remotely from all over the world. In addition to this, she started her own business focusing on helping people navigate change through human design and principles of psychology. And now she is the biggest fan of change because change is the only constant, so we might as well make friends with it. But before we start the interview, I just wanted to share with you all what I have been working on behind the scenes and I have been working on a group course that's going to be launched this autumn and it's going to be a six-week program devoted to helping you to become self-employed and to successfully run your small business it's aimed at solopreneurs so that's those of you who are in the coaching industry you have a wellness business you work freelance in a skill you are consultants in a field that you're expert in or you want to be one of those things and you're maybe doing it now as a side hustle uh, and you're just starting out. And what the course is going to be about is giving you all the foundations to run a very successful business, a business that is full of joy and freedom and allows you to live the life that feels right for you. Because I believe that we don't need to be trapped in our careers and we can build working lives that feel good to us and that not only bring us financial and monetary success but also make us excited to get out of bed in the morning and this week's guest is a perfect example of somebody who had gotten so far in her career as an employee and made a very bold move to actually take her expert skills and then use them to consult because when we've been in our career for a certain amount of time we really do get to the point to the higher level in our careers where we're able to actually go and take those skills and package them up and become self-employed and sell those as a service so I'm such a big fan and I work with so many clients who decide that they really want to be self-employed to create more freedom to have autonomy over their schedule to be able to remote work and travel and to take set time off that they don't have to ask someone for holiday days and consulting is such a great way to go and this week's guest not only did she really leverage her expert skills in her field but she then also combined that with setting up her own business in what she's really truly passionate about which is human design and helping people in the world of psychology so I think it's just a really really great example of something that I help so many clients with because what we really do is it's not like okay if you know that you want to do something else that you just quit your job and that's it the next day you announce that you are doing something different it's a plan it's a strategy it's decision making it's so many different things and sometimes part of that is becoming a consultant or a freelancer in your current industry or your current role and then using that as a platform to go ahead and actually do something that does spark more joy and feels a little bit more like the career that you really want to do day in and day out so this is why I've created this course it's really going to cover all of the topics that i believe that you need and that i've used in my own business and with so many of my clients to shift from being employed to being self-employed. So we're going to be talking all about mindset, confidence, self-worth, boundaries, productivity, time management and scheduling, how to make decisions, so many different things. And I'm really excited to bring this to you. It's going to be limited in terms of spots and going to be open in the next couple of weeks if you're listening to this in September. So whilst I'm still putting together the final details of the course to share with you, if this is something that you're interested in, I urge you to go and sign up to the waitlist. You just need to give your email and then you will be the first to receive details and you'll also have a special discount to the course. You can find that in the podcast show notes or you can connect with me on Instagram at turning30coach, the 30 is three zero, and you can also sign up there, and feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about it, and I also have some premium one-on-one coaching spots if you are already ready to dive in and want a more tailored approach. So on that note, let's dive in to the episode. Hi Elena, welcome to the podcast. Hi Emma, really happy to be here. So relieved and happy that we finally got the chance to to record this. And what I always do actually at the start of the podcast episodes where I'm hosting friends or clients is that we tell the story of how how we met. And I think ours is one for the record books in terms of how the universe brought us together. So do you want to start and share a little bit about how we met?
1: Yeah, we were in Costa Rica and I was taking like three different buses to get from Nazara to Santa Teresa and I think with like bus number... I don't know, what felt like bus number 11 of that day. I met you for literally five minutes, uh, sat down next to you. And obviously we were both tired and complaining a lot. And you know, that was our first bonding moment when we were like, oh, what is this? And yeah, it was just five minutes and somehow it just like felt really, really easy as if we like, you meet an old friend on this bus journey and it feels like, yeah, like we, we were traveling together but then actually, yeah, we had on that day we had to go sit separate ways we lived in kind of like different parts of the town but I kind of like yeah I wanted to hang out with this girl that I met so I was really happy when you reached out but it, it did feel really serendipitous because it was like literally a five minute journey together then when we met again and we were hanging out it just felt like yeah as I said before, like as if we already knew each other. And then I introduced you to my friends. And then like we had this like amazing group going on. And actually, I remember that time really, really fondly.
0: But it was a beginning of a lot of things. And one of them was definitely our friendship. Oh, I love that. And I want to say for everyone listening that it was a really important journey for me or was it an important thing that I did because I was on the way to this the place Santa Teresa both of us were on the way there we didn't know what to expect and when we met and we swapped Instagrams right that's how we we literally in those few minutes that we we spoke and when I got to my place I think it was a couple of days later I was there alone and I hadn't met anybody yet and it was like I was reaching out to you and it was one of those things where it was like you have to put yourself out there you have to do something a bit out of your comfort zone and I'm so happy I did because as you said It was such a click. And then also you introduced me to friends that you were meeting there and we became a group and our friendship was one of the things that came out of it. And also for me, I've actually coached and like had a a client relationships with a few more of those people. And also one of them became my coach and became a really close friend and just were all connected still, even though we were only together for a short amount of time in, in, in Costa Rica. So I love that. And I want to tell you that when we met that day, maybe we've never spoken about this before. When we met that day and we went to the coffee shop or in the cafe, wherever we were sitting, and you told me your story, you told me your journey, I remember so clearly thinking, oh, I would love Yelena to come on the podcast, because it was when I you know, had my podcast, it was in its first year, and tell her story. I remember actually sitting there and being like, this story and this like transformation and change that this woman has been through is something that other people need to hear. So I just wanted to tell you that because I don't think I ever did.
1: No, you haven't told me that that's when you realized that, but oh my God, one one year and a half later, here we are. I know. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. But it's... we have spoken we we have spoken about recording this for a while so I'm really really happy to be here and share and actually yeah some parts of that story that I shared with you on that day definitely haven't really shared publicly so um yeah but it feels like it's time and kind of have taken more time to process it now and I feel like I kind of have a better grasp of what it was all leading me to
0: yeah and Let's just dive in because I feel like we're doing like cliffhangers for people. We're like talking about this thing and we're not actually <laughs> saying what it is. So, let's you know. Obviously, our journey as friends started one and a half years ago on this trip, and that was also a big, big part of your journey starting in terms of career and you, uh, you know, other things as well that you're definitely going to share. But before that, let's flash back. And you know, this is the turning thirty podcast, so. I want us to talk about your 20s and I want you to share a little bit of your story from back before you turned 30 and what was going on in your life in your 20s. So I guess
1: first thing, my cultural background, I'm born and raised in Latvia and then I moved to the UK to study in university in London when I was yeah, in my early 20s. And then my life back then was really just you know I kind of like was very very driven and I really knew what I wanted or so so I thought and yeah if there was a kind of a tick box to tick I was ticking it so by the age of 28 I was I had a you know really kind of successful career in uh, banking and financial technology I was engaged to be married with this guy that I was together with for around six years uh, we bought a three-bedroom house in London and the suburbs and yeah I was just kind of like you know feeling like I had it all like I was you know like nailing life and yeah all the signposts uh, posts all the goalposts all the boxes everything that there was to kind of reach and take it felt like I've got this like I, I knew where I was going uh mind you that it was done on sort of like almost an autopilot mode, which obviously now uh, hindsight has twenty twenty vision. I see it clear, but that's where I was by the age of twenty eight, and then. Change really hit me <laughs> when I least expected it actually on my honeymoon because we, we did get, we arranged a, a wedding. It was a beautiful ceremony, like a, you know, huge two, three day shebang wedding in a castle in Latvia with all of our friends and, and everyone we knew and loved was there, you know. Uh, so that happened and already then, just before the wedding, things started to feel a little bit uneasy, namely two days before the wedding, my now <laughs> ex-partner told me that he ha- he is not sure whether he wants to go ahead with this, but back then I didn't feel... Like, I could actually grasp the idea. Like, what do you mean? Is it cold feet? Is it, is it doubt? Is it, you know, what, what's coming up for you? But he couldn't explain to me. So I couldn't understand it. So what we agreed to was to go ahead with the wedding and like see w- where this is going. Because, like, actually, yeah, I guess we have, we have some issues to work through. And then on my honeymoon, I discovered that actually he is in a, another relationship and he wants to make that one work with someone else so by the time we actually boarded the flight back from bali where our honeymoon and now i'm using air quotes because it's hard to really take it seriously anymore so by the time we boarded the flight back from bali and get back home to london we were broken up So and that's kind of like everything I thought I knew and everything that was kind of like dear to me and my kind of like stable base sort of crumbled in that point because it's very hard to describe in a nutshell what what I was going through there, but it just felt like I just don't have any more grasp onto reality mm. and also coming back from that honeymoon and everyone still like sending you wedding presents, congratulating on your like, you know, wedding. And I got, I remembered the day of me getting back to the office and my desk being decorated with balloons and flowers and cakes and, you know, rainbows and butterflies and me thinking like, Oh my God, I don't actually know how to uh, form into a sentence, what just happened. And that's where I think that's, that was the beginning of a huge shift in my life.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I know like you said, it was the the first time you've spoken about it publicly. And I think it's, it's so brave, but I think it's really, really important for people to hear because a lot of people in their twenties, you know, aren't in the position that you were in. You know, a lot of my Listeners, I'm sure some of you listening, you didn't tick all the boxes and you dreamed of the life where you did, or you want the future life where you have all the things, you know, the marriage and the the mortgage and the good job and all of the things that you had. And we somehow make it like the grass is greener if we get all those things, that then life will just be perfect. And I think your story is so important to understand that. Just because you have those things, firstly, it doesn't e- equal happiness. And like you even said, you're on autopilot during, you know, a lot of those times that you see now in hindsight. But also that anything can shift in one moment. Your life can literally turn upside down in a minute. And they're not saying you're specifically. Everybody listening is that, you know, things are so changeable and there are so many things that we don't have control over and I think that when I heard your story it awakened something in me of actually you know feeling like wow you it was such like a feeling of pride for you that you obviously I met you in a later on after this had happened years after this had happened and to hear where you took that crazy shocking unexpected transition or you know life change where you have taken it to and yeah i think that it's just really you know such an inspiring story so again we won't leave anyone on more cliffhangers but do you want to share from what happened and obviously like this big basically the ground was like moved yeah. beneath you right like everything had just everything that you knew completely changed like what happened after
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I would be lying if I said, and then I just thought, what would be the most aligned thing for Yelena to do? And then just like, you know, released all of the negative emotions and anger and everything. And it was just like became so zen and like moved into my, you know, spiritual path. Like, God, no. Uh, What happened then was a lot of emotion was coming up. I was angry. I was sad. I was heartbroken. I was. I was just devastated and I could not understand at that point what what just happened. So not to dive into details, but really, it was like the hardest moment in my life, probably. And there was an element of actually being so ashamed and so feeling so embarrassed and in a way guilty that all of that happened to me why why like the the people who actually somehow seem to you know get married and you know at least for you know for their honeymoon at least to stick together (laughs) what like what happened like how did it happen to me so there was a lot of that there was a, a lot of like you know like I wish you know bus drives over him and how could he and what what a bad person he is you know not to use worse words here but it was just like a lot of things were going on there so actually with that to say that from there i moved into like you know a, a different life would wouldn't be truth so what i actually understood then that There are things that actually we need to, like stages of that, that we need to go through. And my first one was survival, actually, like how to survive another day, how to wake up and, you know, actually function. So I went into this actually like, okay, I had a project spreadsheet, which was called breakup, you know, with all the things that I needed to do. This is not definitely not a recommendation here, but this is how pragmatic and how like my, you know, autopilot, Yelena was like moving through life. I had the project breakup. And first thing was to, you know, like we had, we had bought a house together, like, you know, splitting assets. Secondly, you know, like I decided that I needed to change up. I was working remotely already back then. So that was 2016. So before, you know, remote work was even, Cool. I was already doing that, but at that point, I was like, "Actually, that doesn't serve me. I need stability. I need to wake up, and I know where I, I need to know where I'm going. I need like colleagues around me. I need someone who is going to ask me if I want a cup of tea in the afternoon, like like Basically, then I was like, "Okay, split assets, change job," and I went back into my, you know, back into my survival self where I knew what to do. I needed steps. I needed like I needed you know project management, myself through it, and so on. And, and so I did, but obviously. We will go back to that, but this is kind of like yet another identity that I created in my survival slash coping mode, which actually served for a little while, but it's very important not to stick there. Another thing was, big thing was to ask for support. Support is something that didn't, like I, I, I was not someone who asked help because I didn't feel like I ever needed it. And suddenly here I am, like literally not knowing how to function and how to go on with my day. So, and I think it was like really beginning of my inquiry inwards so support for me looked like of course actually getting through my shame and embarrassment and asking my friends and family for help Uh, secondly uh, working with a therapist who actually helped me to dive into and start actually going into like how did I get here like what things was I ignoring was it really just like everything was so seemingly perfect I was just you know, like oblivious to it, or were there things that I knew somewhere deep inside that were off, and I just chose not to know them, cho- chose not to listen to myself. So yeah, and then support also looked like getting into practices that felt grounding to me. So I really dove into yoga and other kind of movement practices, meditation, and a lot of these like they were all giving me support that I needed, and only when those two kind of basic survival and support are met then i was able to move into kind of self development and more of a stage where i started to get through kind of like okay where do i want to grow where do i want to maybe change things up when where do i want to develop but it, that followed much later so but with that actually so you asked how it all you know led me to where I am now. So these were like I don't want to dismiss this because this is so important. And we met already almost after four and a half five years after that happened or four like oh, roughly yes. four let's yeah. say. Yeah, 4 years after that happened. So it took 4 years to like from the moment that happened for us meeting where I was already somewhat on a different path somewhat questioning whether the life I created in my survival mode was was really serving me or was it still just like keeping me small and you know kind of really not helping anymore so when we met I was still employed in London in this kind of like financial technology you know corporate world where i was working in a bank as an account director and you know again in korea it seemed like everything is fine but i was just like is this it is this like really it is you know kind of somewhat successful career in corporate life in london and tube journeys and kind of you know 10 hours in front of a computer and then a few glasses of wine after work with colleagues and a spin class is this it like I was getting these like really strong glimpses
0: of like this cannot be you know life I have a question for you this question of is this it really came up for you after you'd been through this big breakup, and after you started to dive in, that like you said you did the survival, you got through the survival mode. Love the fact that you had a spreadsheet. Now, knowing how organized you are, it does not surprise me that that, mm-hmm. that was something that happened. But you know, you went in obviously and started diving inwards, and that like you said getting yourself working through the shame and the, and the grief and everything, and then you know you carried on with your career in finance, and then you said. Okay, is this it? But what I'm curious to know is when you were in your 20s and you were in this relationship and also in the same field, the same industry, and you've mm-hmm. already said you were on autopilot, did you ever have those feelings before? like, Or was it just like it never came up for you that there was an alternative life or an alternative path? Just curious to know because I think that a lot of people are on autopilot and a lot of people brush those you know things away or you know sweep them under the rug. So I'm curious to know now in hindsight, what was your experience of having those things? Did you question them or was it like, no, no, this is just life and this is what we do?
1: Uh Back then, honestly, not really. I was like, I called, I was the first one to call everything that's alternative mumbo jumbo. I would just not get it. I would be like, yeah, even like even simple things. I was not even like, you know, yoga was too mambo jumbo for me. Everything was like, you know, everything that's supposed to turn, was like, oh, that's a bit woo I don't really get it. And when people were talking about this alternative path, it just seemed so hippie to me. And I'm like, good for you. But like, I don't like, I'm good. The only thing which now in hindsight... I was questioning, there was something off in that relationship, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And I was just like, well, everyone goes through their ups and downs and frequencies of life. And not every day you're going to wake up equally in love with someone. And I still sort of believe it, but there was something, there was some sort of intuitive sense and instinct that was like, I'm not really sure. And I would be getting these hits of me like having an alternative life, but then I would be like, oh, it's just like kind of like a dream that, but not a dream that I was dreaming of it, but it was just like, oh no, but that, that's just something like, you know, it's not something I'm craving. So I would brush it off, but I would even get like visions of myself having different life. But I was
0: like, no, that's just something from a, yeah, not, not my life really. And I had exactly the same thing. You know, it wasn't in my twenties. It was in my early thirties when I was with my ex and, Sometimes I would be like in a med like I was doing a yoga class and I was meditating and I would have visions. I actually had one very specific vision of a t- an alternative path. But exactly that like you said it was like, oh, I had it for a moment. And I, I I guess I did think, oh, like why am I having this? Like why am I seeing myself on like a cliff top in somewhere foreign, somewhere, you know, exotic when I'm you know, going to go home now to my partner, who I think is going to become my husband eventually. And we're going to just move to the suburbs and have a very mainstream life. If that's what you want to call it, you know, that it was a planned out life, but I just brushed it away. And I just said, Oh no, that's like, just normal. Like you said, just normalized it. Like it's normal in a relationship not to be a hundred percent in, or it's normal to have doubts. or it's normal to have, like you said, the different frequencies. So yeah, I just wanted to say, I think I really resonate with that feeling of like, You can be on one path and have glimpses into another path and then choose even a lot of it, even though a lot of it is subconscious, but choose not to follow it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Life speaks to us all the time. I believe like now I'm a strong believer that actually there's so many synchronicities, so many calls that, uh, you you know, life is throwing at us that it's our choice to answer them or just to brush them off. And a lot of time we just choose not to listen because it's like uncomfortable to listening and actually sometimes very good. So we, we don't because actually even the current situation is good but at some point life if you're like continuously not uh, you know ignoring these kind of like sensations and signals and you know if we want to go a bit who then you know universal signs if we ignore them enough times then the universe is going to make it so uncomfortable for us to continue ignoring that like we will have no option but to listen and that's pretty much what i feel now has happened to me and then i went back to my autopilot spreadsheet mode and then it, it got really, really uncomfortable around, again around the time when we met. and I But that time I already knew. I was already kind of like, oh, I see what's happening. This time
0: I, I'll try to listen. Yeah. And what, I mean, I, I want us to carry on the chron- the chronological series of events, but I want to just in- interrupt with a question. What would 26-year-old Elena think of your life? now like what would she think you know you're you're 34 what would she think (laughs) of the all the things that you you're doing even this conversation and the way you're speaking like would she just be completely she wouldn't believe it she would be like
1: she's off with the
0: fairies to be fair like she wouldn't
1: have said anything else and you know like actually I'm learning not to have any sort of judgment for my old self because you know that girl did the best she could and actually like clearly like you know I was at that point, I guess, doing something right, because, you know, things were somehow working out, and it actually, during that time, it never felt hard, it felt quite easy, you know, like, university in a foreign country, first-class degree, blah, 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 like, all of these things, they didn't actually feel hard, or I wasn't forcing myself, like, my career until, a certain point at that point i did like it and i did like my relationship and i did like my three bedroom house and i felt like i was doing great so if she met someone like me now <laughs> yeah i don't think those two would have that much in common
0: and it's so crazy how much change can happen at you know i asked the question it was a very leading one because i we already all knew the answer but i have the same thing like if my 26 uh, year old lawyer emma who was living in london could see me And the way i live my life now she wouldn't even believe it she would be like this is not you you're completely different so i just think it's we're both examples of the fact that your 20s can look very 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 different to your 30s and another question sorry i'm 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 sidetracking as i often do do you regret what happened no, I don't
1: because, you know, it had to happen. You know, do I wish it happened in a kinder, more compassionate, more self aware way? Absolutely. But that's just not the reality. It happened the way it happened. And I guess what I do understand is like, actually, these things, you know, they, they were kind of like for both of us, there was something happening. We were changing and maybe in some ways we were growing apart. But then again, Yelena now who understands that Yelena back then didn't really see it that way but of course I wish we communicated more whilst we were in that relationship I wish that you know like it wasn't so sudden and so abrupt and so also public in a way, because imagine everyone we knew and loved was there, you know, on that day. So then of course it was like a big, and not, we are not public people, right? It's not like, you know, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt back in the 2000s breaking up, but it it did feel very, very public in a way that like all of our friends knew what was going on. All of them flew to Latvia to be at that wedding. All of them were talking about it, and actually, then they were telling friends because, like, it, it, they felt like they were part of it because they were there. So everyone was talking about it, and I would end up in situations randomly. We also worked at the time in the same industry, so I would be at the, at a the work event, and someone would be telling me the story of my life that they overheard someone talking, like their friends were at this wedding. I was like, "Yeah, that wedding was mine." <gasps> no. So I mean, it was awful. Yeah, I didn't like, know that. I, yeah it was it was because i mean for years after that we still worked in the same industry and went to the same award ceremonies also like it was just so like the, the the community that we had was so tightly knit that actually at some point it wasn't the reason but there, there were more reasons but the, you know, it wasn't the only one, but I did feel like I have to distance myself from that community to stop hearing these stories, like, kind of played back to me. And also, you know, people love to add on, and it becomes like this either a bigger or completely twisted story of my life that someone who I don't even know is telling me. So it was all really surreal. So I, I felt like I actually had to distance myself and like step out of like some of the events. And then actually, like, you know, even on social media, we had like common friends and after breakup you realize that you know friends are not that common they are either yours or his like but it it should it, it it's more visible with time so actually i had to step away from parts of that community some of those friends like literally you know unfriend them on social media or like just really stop communicating because it was a little bit too painful to deal and at some point you actually forget why you're doing this because you know they're friends that feel like home and support and love and there are these social situations where actually you find yourself like feeling uncomfortable or justifying yourself or actually knowing that whatever you say is going to somehow get back to you know where you maybe like because we weren't communicating at that point i didn't want you know my ex-partner to know anything so it was just so uncomfortable so that's when i actually learned the power of stepping away and letting go and learning to love the sound of my shoes walking away from things that no longer are for me and it was like the those social situations were definitely like where i was like hmm, what would it
0: look like if actually i just if this is uncomfortable i remove myself from it wow I love that last thing that you just said about learning how to let go and learning how to walk away. Cause we, I think as humans, we always naturally resist that because we're so worried about what we're going to lose. There's that fear there of like, if I walk away from something, whether it's a community or a group of friends or an industry, you know, your, your career, what will happen? So let's move on. And you can, I want to talk more about your, your career stuff and like you, you know, to go back to where we were speaking before, and we got to the point where, and this is like the point that we met when you were questioning and doubting what you wanted to do with work. So let's carry on from that.
1: Yeah, sure. So I think it was like really pivotal moment there in Costa Rica, because it was during COVID times, right? So I mean, we weren't traveling during COVID, but there was a gap when we could leave our countries. And then actually, I got stuck in Costa Rica for a lot longer than I expected. I went on a three-week holiday and got stuck there for four months. Uh, But those were the most transformative months of my life because kind of when lockdown happened in London, it was really tough because I was literally in my flat working, you know, crazy 12, 16-hour days at the bank, you know, working on, you know, like a crazy person. And I realized that like, it's just when you remove all the things such as like culture, ability to travel, uh, restaurants, and all the good stuff from London, it just becomes like really a concrete jungle. And then, Plus you're isolated and just working. And my life got reduced to really my laptop and my flat and like a little bit of like daily walk every now and then. And I started to feel really not fulfilled. And then any career prospect that I thought like was really not lighting me up because it just felt the same but different. But like it would just I knew it was not the company, I knew it was not the culture. I think it was just like general setup. And at that point, I didn't really realize why it was not really like, why, how did I get there? And to be completely honest, I think it was just part of my survival and death theory, which I talked about when I just overworked myself so hard and I associated my sort of self worth with how well I do it at work. But it was not lighting me up anymore. I was not really getting any sort of joy from working, but it was just something that was so ingrained that, you know, After my relationship failed, but at least I was successful. So that thought of like, "Mm, I think I overheard, you know, like at some point, family members talking on the phone to other family members and saying like, oh yeah, Yelena still hasn't really, you know, met someone new. However you know, she's smashing it in her career. She bought a new flat in London. She's doing really, really well. And I felt like, oh, this is what I need to do to be valid, to be kind of accepted and for others to see that I'm doing well, I need to do that. So I really put so much effort into it. But actually it was, it was not what I authentically wanted. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be free. I wanted to do something that matters. I want to make impact. And none of these things were mat in the job I was in. And like, just financial, you know, working in FinTech in London. So I started to question a lot of things and Costa Rica was amazing in that way because you know, when you kind of have these doubts and questions and what, what am I really doing with my life, but everyone else around you does this exact same thing, then you just start feeling like, oh, I guess I'm just going crazy. And yeah, I just need to go back to my old self and like work a little harder perhaps. But when you remove yourself from that environment and find yourself somewhere where everyone you know, is, like in Costa Rica, you know this as well as I do. It's like, oh, I used to be a lawyer, and now I'm a life coach. Or I used to be a doctor, and now I'm like holistic masse- masseuse therapist, and I have my own salon. Oh, I used to be, I don't know, an accountant, and now I uh, run yoga classes. And you just meet all these people who used to be something, and now they're happy. It's like, I used to be there and now I'm just like I I'm doing something that I love and I've never been happier so kind of like this idea of that it's just this or like there is no other way and actually like if you feel burned out if you feel like this is not fulfilling it's you but actually when you remove yourself from that if you actually open yourself up to environment that's inspiring where everyone else is actually like not afraid to change then that's where things start to click. And you're like, ah, actually seeing is believing because we do it unconsciously. We don't choose to become our environment. We just do. We take on so much and then like we unknowingly become it. So yeah, that, that four months in Costa Rica changed so much for me.
0: Wow, it's so, everything you just said is is so important and it's why I'm such a big advocate for solo travel and to getting out of your place that you usually are because everything you said is is correct and often we don't choose our environment in some way our environment has just chosen us because of you know our socioeconomic status or we just happen to be where we live or what our friends do and what our family members have done in the past and all of these things and like you said you just yeah you can just go crazy thinking am I the only one that can see that this isn't the way that they want to live and I definitely had that especially when I was a lawyer and I think that solo travel It does get you to be surrounded with people who are doing something differently. It's there's something shared in common. For you, that part of your journey was definitely about, like you said, seeing people who had made these huge, big career changes and were happier doing something more holistic and something more passionate and whatever they, you know, we can can use many words to describe it, but something less tick boxy for me that the same trip it's funny because i had exactly the same thing i was supposed to go for 2 months and got stuck there and stayed for 4 and for me that was a lot about learning that people come out of big relationships and a happy single and are in their 30s and are doing things different because in my world i didn't even know that was possible my my transformation there was seeing women who were in their mid to late 30s like, actively loving their lives and doing all these like crazy adventures but also just really embracing being a single uh, woman and that was my journey as well that I would never ever have got to that point of seeing seeing this and obviously you were even one of those one of those women that I met someone who'd gone through this big huge life upheaval in the same way that I had not the same but you know a similar story of a breakup and then a finding yourself eat pray love style after (laughs) and I feel like you just wouldn't get that unless you make a big shift, right? And I know that's actually the name of one of one of your courses, but the big shift thing is like, I think people ask me a lot, like, how do you just make a big change? And the truth is, you've got to do something different, whether it's solo travel, whether it's a coaching program, whether it's moving country or city, whether it's this breakup or whatever it is, there has to be a shift. And the only way to do that shift is to choose it.
1: Yes, absolutely. 100%. So 100%. And it's also, if we want different, we need to move different. We actually like, it seems so simple, yet it's so hard to grasp. Because actually, also at that point, when I was like, kind of like, this isn't working. And, you know, because my environment was where everyone was kind of doing the same in different measures of, of happiness and unhappiness. But no one was like, why don't you just like completely like, you know, change? you know where you are how you are what you do and so on everyone was like kind of like suggesting doing the same thing but like in a slightly different way whereby it's like why don't you just try to uh, switch job or maybe move from this area of London to a different I'm like no like it's not gonna cut it so but yeah so that's why I'm actually really passionate about change because you know First of all, like we all we all fear change so much, yet it's the thing that constantly happens. But in order for change to really like take place, we actually first of all have to see and admit and accept points where we are that are not serving us and like we are so conditioned to kind of stay within our com- comfort zone but actually guess what nothing grows in comfort zone we have to move outside of it and the change is going to be a little bit uncomfortable because it's unknown but also at some point it can become it that actually staying in what isn't good is actually more uncomfortable than changing so just having the courage to do it is so important but also it's You know like we cling on to this idea of certainty but you know even when you have the perfect plan and the great spreadsheet by the way you know there is still like you have to allow room for uncertainty because it's just natural that it's going to happen so all of these ideas that we cling on to change is hard i need certainty and so on they're just so made up because it's a scam (laughs) actually your life will constantly be changing. So actually, what if you are a driver's seat and try to kind of manure it in a way that actually feels
0: good to you and feels that you are getting to where you want to get? Yeah, oh my gosh, so powerful. And what you just said, like the illusion of certainty is a scam. That's exactly it. And your story is just proof of that. You know, what's happened to you over the years has just been exactly evidence that is an illusion and we always think this and I I just want to say as well and I think this links to me and my coaching now I'm helping individuals uh, who want to create freedom in their career and a lot of resistance that people have to it and I know this is something that I'm sure you've been through as well is that oh it's more secure to stay in like an employment it's more secure it's more stable it's more you know the future is clearer if I'm staying in employment compared to if I was to you know become a self-employed consultant or if I was to start a business and stop you know becoming a coach or whatever the next step is for that person and I'm always like that certainty is just an illusion because actually you could get fired tomorrow. Actually, there could be a recession and we could all lose our jobs. Actually, there can be a pandemic and loads of us get put on furlough. And I'm not saying that there aren't some there are some aspects of working for yourself that are a little bit more risky than being employed. But in general, I think our, we cling on to the need for certainty. And actually, I think that that certainty is just, it's fake. It really is.
1: Honestly we talked about this before and I completely agree and it's something that I definitely had to take myself through and also with your help actually to understand that employment it, it is a way that you know and it works for some people it worked for me for so many years and why not but actually when it stops working clinging on to employment just because you feel it's safe it's it's not the way to be because you can create alternative Ways of making money, alternative ways. And actually, like I can speak hours and hours how, you know, incredible it is to actually allow yourself to have a little bit of freedom and see how else you actually can generate income, can work in a different way that actually feels good to you. And then even like it doesn't have to happen all at once, how to open up your mind to different possibilities of making a living and, you know, getting that stability and security in other ways so that you don't actually cling on to employment just because it's safe if there is nothing else in it, just because it's stability and security. And that's the only reason then it's definitely the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. So let's, I guess, go back to the chronological order of things and just ask what are you doing now? Like what's your, what does your career look like at the moment?
1: Yeah. So since then, since that trip in Costa Rica, I, it, it starts to become like this uh, Costa Rica travel podcast, <laughs> but uh, actually we men- I mentioned mentioned yeah. so many times, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what I did after that I came back to London and actually I sold my flat I packed all my things I quit my job which was like you know at that point quite a hard thing to do and I just actually took time to rest which was quite a revolutionary subject for me because I discovered human design at that point and I understood a lot of things like I actually like used that as a tool to really connect with myself and I found out that actually I'm not meant to function you know like in constant overdrive no one really is but you know i'm a projector in human design and that means that actually i should allow myself periods of rest which i haven't done in like i don't know 12 years by that point so i took a few months off and i actually just rested and recalibrated and tried to see where my curiosities where my interests and where my what i'm led to and I, I started, st- like, I went into rabbit hole of human design. I studied that. I started actually offering sessions, organizing workshops. I started kind of creating communities around it. I found myself also living in Mexico for about four months. And yeah, like, that's where kind of all human design uh, aspect of my life kicked in. And I loved it. I love the sense of kind of bringing this modality to people and allowing them to understand themselves better through it and seeing that it does the same thing to them that it did to me, just like a lot more self-awareness acceptance and being a lot more forgiving and easier on yourself. So that w- that's one thing. I also started freelancing in financial technology. So I picked up a number of clients that I was consulting for. There was one main client and I did kind of like shorter consultancies with also kind of big management consultancy firms and venture capital firms and so on. So, and my life was just like so much, like more interesting and i was still working and i was still making money from but i i didn't have this reliance on one source of income i had multiple and that felt a lot more secure and a lot more free actually and it's amazing when once you open up your mind to possibilities and when you are not constricted by a full time job that you can actually allow all of these new projects that actually excite you to come in and also you have freedom and you have enough security to say no to clients that don't don't no longer feel good so you know i've read this book at the same time which is highly recommended by the way 100 dollar st- startup and it had a quote which really resonated with me. And I really think it's true. I have never met anyone who quit their corporate job and said that they're missing their cubicle. And it's so true. I met so many people who used to be corporate and now they're doing all of these amazing things and they're thriving and they're loving it. And, you know, like once you taste what freedom feels like, it's hard to go back because you just feel a lot more secure. You feel like anything is possible. And even like, you know, entrepreneurship or freelancing is not easy. It's like, it still requires work, but at least you're feeling like you have choice and you have control. And actually you are a lot more in your power to do things that actually light you up as opposed to just like, Doing the things that actually, you know, feel hard and
0: like feels like you're forcing them. For me, it's also like it's hard to be in my cubicle in corporate and it's really hard to run my own business and to like not have knowledge of what the next months are going to bring and having to be the CEO and all those things. But choose your hard, you know, you choose it. And the difficulty that I experienced always working for other people and working in the corporate world was way more than. The difficulty in an aligned job, so I think that it really is about like choosing. It's it's hard either way. You know, some people look out and they just find a job and a passion that they had since they were a child, and you know, then they make good money from it and they like the fact that they work for someone else. And that's very few and far between. Let's say like ten percent of the population, and everybody else has to choose what is good. And and I think that if you are somebody who has that urge to work for yourself and has that passion of a specific thing that they want to serve or they want to bring to, to the world, then there's nothing better. I genuinely believe it, but what I actually really love about your story that I want to actually like put a a post-it note on is that you didn't just quit. I mean, you did quit and actually take time off. That was really, you know, very conscious and focused on resting, but it wasn't like you just left the corporate world. That was it. You were done. And then you walked away you have you're an expert in what you do you've been working in the financial industry for a decade if not more and you are leveraged you've leveraged those skills to therefore become a consultant and that's really what i'm a big passion of mine to help my clients do is that by the time you're in your 30s if you have been working in the same industry for a while you've become an expert so you can take those expertise and you can become self employed and you can actually pick and choose who your clients are and you can do the consulting work and then you can do that. Sometimes that's enough for people. They don't want to do something else. But if you do have something else that you want to do, that thing can become the platform of stability and security and that money that you earn from that is almost like this gift that you can then give to your other business, which is now obviously you're doing human design and uh, running workshops and courses. And I think it's just really important that part of your journey that it wasn't that you just turned around said bye corporate and never going to see you again it was almost like how can I use these amazing skills that I've had and leverage them into creating a career that feels right and aligned for me
1: absolutely a hundred percent and also what I think is important if actually being employed feels easy and you know, you love it. That's where you need to be. It's absolutely perfect. It actually, like, I'm so grateful that for, you know, my autopilot, Jelena, that was easy. It wasn't like I was questioning in then. It was just, I just got promotion after promotion and I was really happy and everything was flowy and that's where I needed to be exactly for that reason that like then when it stopped and I didn't feel like motivated anymore or like, it wasn't like lighting me up or filling me I still had those skills it's not like now I I'm just gonna forget everything I knew I'm gonna like dismiss my network because you know in any industry network is so important and all the kind of like knowledge it's just like no longer relevant I really saw this as like kind of a resource that I can use, but on my own terms, and because I knew I was good, like I I, I had a pretty good idea about that. Then I was like, okay, what actually my perfect situation with this looks like? I you know work two three days a week, not more. I don't really want to apply for jobs. I want actually, you know, m- you know, see whether, you know, I can collaborate with my network. And I got really clear as to what it would look like. Almost ridiculous here when I was telling my friends, they were like, uh, like a bit ambitious. I'm like, mm, I-, I believe this can happen. So I get a really clear idea that I want to use my existing knowledge. I don't want it to be a challenge. I want it to come through network and I want It to be fully remote, fully flexible. How about that? And then actually, some of my clients reached out to me and I I was considering three different client opportunities at the same time. And I picked one which was the most flexible, the most remote, the most kind of like, which actually ticked every box. It literally ticked every box from my list. And I started consulting them remotely. At the same time, I gave myself space instead of like kind of putting pressure on like follow your passion because guess what not everyone has passion and i really think it's a dangerous thing to say to people follow your passion because there are a few that you know like live and breathe one thing but a lot of us don't really have one central passion nor did i i'm i'm like i didn't but what i allowed myself was like room to follow my curiosities where would they lead me what were the things i want to research what were things that actually people told me I was good at. I started to listen. I started to actually pay attention to what other people kind of come to me for advice for, or wh- what I can't stop talking about when I'm social settings. What do I want to spend my money on? And I just asked, started asking these questions, and that's what what led me to create my side business while I was doing my financial consultancy. And actually, that side business I called, and also because we don't have to choose either or. We don't have to, you know, be a financial consultant or human design. We
0: can be both at the same time
1: whilst it is serving us
0: Mm. i love that and i love the name of your brand and also it's something that actually comes up a lot in my coaching sessions because as humans we have this tendency to black and thinking black and white thinking and thinking absolutes and we we often make things mutually exclusive when they're just not mutually exclusive so i love that that's the name for the brand because it is true we're not you can't just put everyone in a box and we don't want to put our careers in boxes. So really important. I'm, I love the concept of, and also I want to just finish off. I guess the first thing I want to ask is what's next for you? Like what's the next part of this crazy journey that you're on?
1: Yeah, actually there are a few things. So, I, by working with people and actually like running my workshops and uh, doing my human design sessions, I started to look at like, what what's the theme? And it was has always been change. So actually people, when they find human design or when they kind of come to my, you know, workshops that are focused around self-awareness and self-acceptance and authenticity, what they're going through is change. And it can happen in many different ways, either, you know, like with me in the beginning, it was... And unexpected change. So they didn't expect it and it just like really hit them in the face and they're like navigating it. So I have a program created for that. That's called reconnect. And I'm also working with clients that are going through career uh, change or starting their heart centered business. So I have a program called big shift. So we are using combination of different exercises and human design and visualization and different, different tools to kind of like see how you you can create a business that feels good to you. And then third thing is Dear Future Self program, which is really like that pain gap where you know you want change, but you really don't really know where you want to go. So it's kind of a clarity session or just really a session to help you reconnect with yourself. And then sec- like lastly, I have a session called 20 seconds of courage. So when you're going through change, you really, really already know what you want, but you're just, something is calling you back and you're scared to do it. So we kind of think that we need a lot of courage to make the change. Actually, we need a clear understanding or where we want to go and 20 seconds of courage. So these forums for sessions, they use combination of tools, as I said, at the kind of base of it is human design. But I'm really passionate about these because they like it's something that I've experienced. So it's from my own experiences to help others navigate change. And also with that I kind of realized that I am at the position now where I can let go in further of my consulting because I am more confident with like my side business growing now. So I'm at the stage where I am ready to take another leap and focus on that. Plus, I'm starting yoga teacher training at the end of August, which I'm really excited. So I'm going to Guatemala this time to do that.
0: Oh, so many good things. And also I did your workshop, the in-person event in Mexico when we were together there this last winter. The future, I did it it was the future self workshop right and it was incredible like it was it was so powerful and for everyone listening I'm also in the process of putting together a group program about careers and about you know finding freedom in your career and Yelena is going to be a guest speaker in it talking about human design and how you can basically create a career that feels free to you based on your design so You've not heard the last of us together and definitely my Turning 30 community hasn't heard even the start of all the collaborations that we're going to do. So it's really exciting. And just to finish off, for anybody who wants to like find out more about you, wants to check out any of your programs or have a human design reading, where can they find you? Okay, my number is not. So uh, my
1: website is www.antalso.space.com. And
0: I'm on Instagram at hello.jel. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much. And I just want to say again that it was amazing how vulnerable you were sharing your story. And I know it's just a really important part of your journey. And people just really appreciate listening to it. So thank you. And I'll see everybody on the podcast next week.